Hello and welcome to Not Your Basic Influencers. We're two licensed mental health professionals influencing you on the shit that matters most. This podcast is in partnership with Dive Through, a mental wellness company that helps you dive through what you go through. Let's jump in. Hello, happy Monday. Today we chat with Mr. Chaz. Mr. Chaz is an educational specialist who works with schools, teachers, children, and parents. His vision is to help adults see, guide, and trust children. He earned his master's in executive leadership and has a pretty huge following and presence on social media. He also has his own podcast called Mr. Chaz's Leadership, Parenting, and Teaching Podcast. Today's conversation is just very informative it's really helpful for anyone, not just parents, but anyone that interacts with children. Um, and it really just breaks down the importance of understanding child development and developmental milestones and how when you can understand child development, you better, you feel better able to support their needs and how they learn. He describes some of his own experiences and the work that he's done. He's extremely passionate and driven, and we are so lucky that he made time to chat with us and share his wealth of knowledge. So please enjoy this conversation with Mr. Chaz. Let's jump in. Okay. So our first question that we like to do is a 60 second check-in. So I know the pressure. So in 60 seconds, can you tell us something that you're feeling grateful for and something weighing heavy on you? Um, I feel grateful for, you know, the opportunity to be able to reach and speak to so many people and have such a positive impact on so many people. I'm super grateful about that. Um, it also, I guess, in the same, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it also weighs heavy to know that I am impacting so many people. You never know when your content is going to hit someone and how it's going to hit someone on a particular day and um as great as i was you know it's the whole thing of with great power that has you know great responsibility and it's so that's something that weighs heavy on me and just something i'm mindful about when i'm putting out content yeah i like that because it is such a double like you said double-edged sword of like and this is what i love about things coexisting right you can be like grateful for this and there's this other piece that can weigh heavy. So that's such a good example of things coexisting. And we have yeah. so little control over how people interpret shit, right? And if they haven't worked right. through some, something and you've said something that wasn't intentionally triggering, but maybe, and just be aware yeah. of that. Um, I'm sure it comes up a lot, especially on the topic of parenting, which I think everything that you've shared and that I've seen is like very valid and based in evidence and research and things that I've seen with my family. So, but I can see someone, you know, that hasn't worked through their stuff. Yeah. And it's not that like, it's all my responsibility. I'm taking it on as all my responsibility. There's some, sometimes I'm think I'm going to post something like, is this, you know, I think about all the different ways that people could take things that doesn't necessarily stop me from pushing posts. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, there's a whole thing of just about people, you know, cancel culture is like something that people talk about. And it's really interesting how, you know, I've seen a lot of creators, but kind of like on the year, a little past the year after like the pandemic happened and a lot of creators started creating kind of a year, year and a half ago and have kind of blown up and are still continuing to be influencers, be on social media more than what they were before, and they kind of have this audience. And it's been really interesting to see 
I've noticed, at least what's been popping up on my feed a lot, is a lot of creators kind of being burnt out by how people are perceiving their work and the content that they're putting out. Um, and even people sharing, I see a lot of times it's like the friends only like TikToks that come out with, ooh, I feel like I'm a part of like, like the seat, like, a, yeah, yeah, a, a, a smaller like kind of club. And they're like, I've seen a lot of creators share on these kind of friends only, you know, posts or videos, just how that's kind of been weighing, you know, the fear of cancel culture, the fear of someone you know, taking something in the wrong way or taking something and being attacking them because something they said, um, that's been weighing heavy on a lot of people I've noticed just in terms of, and maybe it's just popping up on my feed, <laughs> but um, that's kind of how I'm, and I'm trying to be really intentional about as I'm, yes, it's something, it's something I'm grateful for and it's something that weighs heavy and it kind of the duality of both things kind of, for me, balance out like, okay, I do have this responsibility. I need to be mindful of what I'm putting out there, but also I'm, I need to also be, have a one, not feel like I need to create content to the point where I'm burning myself out. And two, I need to be confident in what I'm and who I am really. And so no matter what someone says, I, it's not something that I'm taking as a personal attack towards me. Um, and I kind of have, you know, a, a better perspective around how people comment and share and respond to the stuff that I put out. Um, so I guess in that way, I kind of maybe protect myself in some way um, by not taking it personal, yeah. um, trying to have perspective. Um, and also just making sure that I'm mindful and taking care of myself and kind of being aware of my own emotional state of when I feel like I'm kind of put too much into the, you know, work, social media bucket. I need to put some more, you know, counting bears into my, you know, relationship, you know, personal relationship friend bucket, right? And so um, that's something I kind of think about. No, I love that. And I think, um, and I'm sure because you are so big on Instagram and stuff that I actually reached out to Leah. Like I've only had a couple situations where, you know, some of my reels have gone more viral and I had a hard time with some of the comments and like, did I do something wrong? Like now I'm psychoanalyzing everything that I did and like, was this right? And I'm checking. So I can't imagine for those of you that are, have grown so much, like what that's like on a big scale of constantly having to like, not so much question yourself. I think that's probably like what happens in the beginning, but being comfortable with knowing that your content's not for everyone. And it's also going to challenge people and that they're going to feel inclined to say something. I was spanked and I turned out fine, right? Like you're going to get a lot of that always, especially with the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. And And that's, and that's okay. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I feel like if you are committed to your values too, that's like always reaffirming. I'm like, I need to just like ground myself to that. Like I can get caught up in all the bullshit, but I need to ground myself to that. I shared yesterday that I take medication for anxiety. And I was like, I just, I, I think there's things I hide and I'm like, that's fucking stigma. And I just need to like, this is what I'm about. And so, but just things like that, I do double, I do like a double take or just think about it. And like, this is 
this is what I want to do. And if people give me grief or there's, or I don't know, I don't feel, I just feel like for me, it's my values. Like that's kind of what I have to just go back to every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I'm really too, I feel like in my stage where I've been thinking about a lot lately is just me digging deeper into who I am and sharing who I am and in, in the way that I communicate and create content and what I'm thinking um, and authentically putting that out there. And I think that's something that we're not necessarily taught to do. Um, you know, kind of growing up, that's not something that's prioritized, but I think that's something really important for people to be able to take what's within and to kind of manifest it, to, to even know, to acknowledge what they're feeling. I feel like is, is one point that we, as adults, a lot of times, like the message that we give children, or they know, don't pay attention to your feelings, you're fine, like, to like, don't worry about it, don't pay attention to what you're feeling, um, and just push through it, right? And it's been really important for me as a creator, but also as a person to really understand, get a better understanding of myself and practice articulating and kind of creating around that. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of like me saying something that is going to offend someone or saying something wrong or saying something insensitive, um, the mentality that I take with it is that, look, I, I have the knowledge that I have now. I'm gonna put out and put out the best content I can with what I know. And if I say something wrong or something, or I say something that's not, you know, there's maybe it's a half truth and there's another part to it, I'm always open to learning mm -hmm. and really hearing out what people have to say. Yeah. Um, and some people really do, like there's definitely been times where people really did have something, I don't like the way that she said something like, this is a better way to say it. I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I've, look, I've just grown from that comment. And it's, again, me not getting defensive or taking it personally. Like, I'm open to hearing it and listening. And some things are really, like, valid. Okay, I've learned some things. Like, mm, no, that doesn't align with what <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's okay. But, you know, you have your opinion. And I kind of know where you're coming from, whether I agree with it or not, that's okay. I know that there's such a variety of different people because people have had such a variety of different experiences and people are have different temperaments and their nature is different and so much of our nurture has been different um, that I, I, you know, it's hard for me to blame people for where they're at in their mentality because it's probably had more to do with their environment um than you know it's it's their environment and who they and who they became and and, and and who it's their environment and it's their nature and their nurture mm -hmm. they're not full of who they were born into this world being and they only had but so much control over their environment and how they were treated and the thoughts and the ideas that came their way um, and as we get older we're able to take become more conscious and aware and kind of break generational cycles and like these thought patterns that were programmed into us from when we we're young but it's hard for a lot of people to get out of that yeah. um 
And I don't take it personally when people aren't there when they see my video. Because yeah. I know even for me, to get to where I'm at now, to be able to say and to have this perspective, took time. And I didn't always <laughs> feel the way that I feel about things yeah. now. Oh, I never practiced what I preached when I first started. <laughs> training or like you know getting accruing hours like and that's funny i like think about the earlier work and like i fucking never did any of that i never i told them to do all these things like deep breathing coping skills <laughs> i would like when it, you know what i mean i i was only like i only bought into it just a little bit and then i <laughs> slowly was like okay it actually this does work and then you start to believe it and say it with conviction and it and people are drawn to that yeah i think the practice i think the practice has a lot to do with it too because now you can study, you can read about it, you can hear it, and it's and it can make sense. And like, okay, this all makes sense. But I feel like in, in this, you see this a lot with children too. But I think we all kind of still have that childlike part of us that needs to play, needs to be creative to some extent in some way. And I think the, it's the different level of learning when you're able to not only learn about it and understand it intellectually practice it and immerse yourself into it and then that's when you're that's like the, that's the deeper learning and that's what's where the real buy-in comes from yeah. um it's like learning language right you have to be immersed in it to learn a language yeah a hundred percent this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. hey this is elise do you struggle with symptoms of anxiety depression or just feel like your mental health is totally struggling right now if so you're definitely not alone I personally have struggled with my own mental health challenges around trauma and anxiety, and during different challenging times and life transitions, or just for no reason at all, it's so helpful to talk to a therapist to help you navigate your experiences and manage your symptoms. BetterHelp is a therapy platform that will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed mental health professional that you can communicate with in under 48 hours. It's a service that's available to anyone anywhere, and you'll be able to log into your account and send a message to your provider anytime that you need to. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can start scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. I personally have always preferred therapy in this way because it makes it so much more convenient with the busy schedule. Having a good fit with a therapist also makes all the difference, which is why I love that BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they'll help make it easy and free of charge to change therapists if you need to. Visit betterhelp.com slash basic influencers. That's better H-E-L-P and start the journey that you deserve. Lastly, BetterHelp is giving a special offer for Not Your Basic Influencers listeners where you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash basic influencers. You can find the link in our show notes. We wanted to ask you because we don't get this part of you from your content, at least not in the recent stuff that I've seen, but how did you get into this field? Like, how did you get into parenting or parent coaching and how did you, like, was there a personal, like, investment or if you want to share that or yeah 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 yeah. so it's like there's like the long version of me and so i'm going to kind of give you guys like the highlights i mean a lot of where a lot of like part of like my passion and my empathy comes from especially with like the you know children who are you know who challenge adults because you know i struggled in school i was the you know i talked too much I asked too many questions. I didn't always understand what, you know, the concepts. I didn't always learn the same way that everyone else did. I was diagnosed with ADHD. So there's a part of me that like, you know, especially when it comes to like the children who are, you know, like misunderstood or challenging the adults and 
there's that kind of like they're labeled as defiant or the bad kid or whatever. Like I, there's like a part of me that really empathizes and can really relate and helps me understand what's actually happening. Um, and so I draw on that experience, but I, when I started working in, you know, I never really thought I was going to be a teacher because I didn't have that many great experiences. I had some really great teachers, but it definitely wasn't a majority of the teachers that I encountered. Um, and I remember like my whole life, I hated math. I hated math. I hated math. Like, People would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, anything that doesn't include math. And, you know, like that's kind of how I, I saw it until I had this one teacher who, this was during summer school, um, actually really connected with me and like got to know, know me to the point where I remember sharing things that I'd never really shared with like another teacher and the way that she taught with such passion and she like, there's something that like I didn't understand. She was able to kind of adjust the way that she taught, the way that like I learned and to kind of really help me understand it. And I remember I wanted to, because I was going to public school at that time, they were going, my parents want to put me in a private school, but I did not want to go to private school. Um, and so like my plan was to fail this summer school math class. And so that way I couldn't like, cause that was the contingency. I had to pass that class. I get into the <laughs> private school. So that was my plan. Like I've been barely passing math my whole life. And I've been like failing math tests my whole life. Easy. This is going to be easy, right? <laughs> but I remember taking that final exam and because the way the summer school was set up, that was like a huge part of my grade. Um, and I remember going, doing the test and having this odd feeling of like knowing the answers <laughs> and being confident in it. And I just started to go through the test and just through the test. And it was actually fun for me, which was such a, which such a weird experience with math. And that's like one of the light bulbs that kind of went off where, where it was like, Hmm, maybe math isn't as evil as I thought it was. And maybe it's not has less to do with, you know, me now, yeah, maybe math isn't something that I like am a natural skill, but maybe this whole narrative I created around math was, had less to do with math itself and more to do with the way that it was being taught, um, and the yeah. teacher. Um, and so that was one of the light bulb moments of just like how big of an impact a teacher can have. Um, you remember her name? Uh, I do. Miss Heather was her name. Is her name? I guess is. We don't. It was so so. And the weird thing about it is, it was summer school, so it was only like a month and a half or two months of me actually interacting with her. So did you? Did you stay at the school? Yeah. Or did you go to private school? So I ended up passing the class, and I ended up going to private school. So, um, which was fine, you know. Sure, it was for mostly social reasons why I didn't want to go to, to private school um, because it was a private school and that was like an hour away from me and I was going to be away from my friends. So that was like the big thing for me. My big thing was like, I want to be close to my friends because I can't drive right now and I want to like hang out. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So then how did that take you into what you do? And did you, were you, okay. yeah, sorry. Yeah. 
No, 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 that's good. Way to break it up. Yeah. Tell us where the story ends. Yes, yes. So fast forward, um, I end up getting a job working for a childcare facility in a chain of, you know, like schools, there's like 60, 70 schools. Um, I got a job and at first it was my real first experience of, I'd done some volunteer work with children, um, was my real first experience of being with children for such a long period of time. And I, although like I really loved, immediately loved the job and loved being able to like connect with the children um, and like play with them and to teach them. Like the hard part was like resolving conflict and helping them through like they'd be fighting and like I wouldn't know what to do and I didn't know if I was like harming them or like helping them or like, and that was really stressful for me because I understood the gravity of like what I was doing of like growing the next generation of humans and like, especially during the formative years. And it was a classroom of 33 to five-year-olds in a Montessori classroom. Mm -hmm. So this is anyone who's been with in a room of five, three-year-olds, like, you know, like what kind of like imagine 30, like the kind of energy that creates and all the different dynamics that are within a classroom of all these individual beings. So like this was really, it was really tough for me. Um, And just over time through like deep, deep, like everyday daily reflection, finding mentors, reading books, list podcasts, all just consuming information as much as possible. Like really having that growth mindset. Like I, like one of uh, my previous directors had like a verb for me of, she said like, oh, like, are you chasing me right now? <laughs> and really what that meant was, are you gonna sit here and like talk to me for an hour about things that were happening in your class and like, and pick my brain about it and you know because that was kind of like our ritual and she kind of freely gave that time to me and actually i had a lot of mentors who really believed in me and really freely gave their time um which also kind of like, inspires me to do the same and to give back um i became a lead teacher as a, in, a, in a montessori classroom teachers started to ask me like hey mr chaz i'm having this like problem in my room like what should i do i would just kind of be giving advice in the break room and just kind of casually they come back the next day and be like mr chaz like like you really you changed the day like my day has been changed like this child's day has been changed like i need more now and i was like huh that's crazy i love the impact that i'm making here with my you know with my 20 little humans and my little community. And I'm really inspired by that. And that's part of what drives me to know I'm making that kind of impact. I'm not just making an impact on those children, but I'm also making an impact on all of the, the, the adults and all the peers that um, the children will come into contact with, you know, throughout their lives. And I was like, huh, if I could impact more teachers then my impact can be exponential. Instead of impacting 20 children, I impact thousands of children. And so then I got a job as an educational specialist, pretty much teaching teachers to teach, um, where I am in that role and, you know, control of eight different schools, the educational aspect and just really helping teachers and children um, over eight different schools from children as young as three weeks old to as old as 12 years old, 
Um, and I'm really someone who comes in and I support, I do trainings, I do observations and all those things, but I'm not just like a person who just does observations for the camera. Like I come into all the kids know me. Um, and like, I made it a point to really connect with all the children and all the teachers, because if I'm going to be in a space of helping them grow or seeing something differently, just like that teacher, that math teacher that connected with me, I knew how important it is to connect with the people that I was going to be leading, the teachers and the children. Um, So that's, that has been my job, still is my job, um, but it's been my job for about the past five years. And, but then the pandemic hit. All the teachers, all the, you know, kids, everyone really just just left the school really quickly. Most of our schools only didn't have any more than, you know, 10, 15 children in schools that used to have hundreds of children. Um, Most of our schools stayed open, but with like five or 10 children. So there wasn't really much that I could do. but I still had this internal drive to like help. And I don't know if you remember kind of around that time, like everyone was like, especially in the beginning, like there was kind of this feeling of like everyone let's rally together. And like on that, on top of like my just internal like drive, like my just what has already been guiding me up to this point in my career of just like wanting to impact, having exponential impact and helping people to grow the next generation of humans. I needed, I wanted to find another way to do that. Um, and I did a couple of different, like I was doing like, you know, Facebook circle times and stuff like that, but I really started to see how parents were really struggling during the pandemic and more than what parents needed to do, like five, like five or 10 minutes of like songs, more than needing that to keep their child, you know, entertained and gross motor for 10 minutes. They really needed a better way to see their child and how to handle these different things that are happening. Um, One of the classic examples that I remember and that I like share is that like, you know, there'd be parents who'd be like, ah, like my child is coloring on the wall. Like, I don't know what like to do. I told them to stop a hundred times, but they just keep on doing it. They look at me and then they do it. Like, I don't know. And you know, you don't know that your two-year-old, you know, needs to, when they color like their whole body and that's like a developmental need that is like coursing through their veins and you're just telling them to stop, stop, stop instead of giving them something else to color on when using those long, those long strokes, that's going to be really frustrating because the child may want to listen to you, but in the process of trying to listen to you, they have to disobey what their body's telling them to do, which is to color on this wall, which would be a lot better if you could just provide a space that's more appropriate than your nice white walls. And, you know, if you can't afford an easel, then you can get some cardboard and you can put it up. And, you know, there's lots of different things that you can do. Um, and so things like that, you know, and, you know, you're telling them what not to do and you're putting all the focus on the thing you don't want them to do. And if you do that, then they're going to focus on that thing too when you really want them to focus on something else. So tell them what to do instead of focusing so much on what not to do. Like the redirection. Right. Right. I didn't realize that it was developmentally like their bodies. I had no idea that it was, that's why kids are prone to like 
getting on the table and doing it on the, I had yeah. no idea that that was the reason. I just thought they were just like curious. I mean, it's and just like, like curiosity is a part of it too, but it's really hard like for them at that point in their development, especially around like two-ish, um, around two and three, for them to get like a small, like a marker or a pencil using and using their fine motor skills to actually like color on a small piece of paper. That's something that's really like difficult and challenging and it doesn't do the same thing for them as that gross motor. Just like, let's color on this whole wall. Let me use my whole body. Um, and most people, you know, wouldn't think about that, right? And so like, I started to create content to really help parents through their struggles and their challenges. I started to go on live on TikTok every day um, for like hours. Like I remember that I would literally just be on TikTok answering questions on live until <coughs> I got hungry. And like, I literally have to leave because I need to meet my needs. I'm not talking to you guys about like how to like identify needs in yourself and in children, but like, I need to meet my need because my stomach is grumbling and I need, but I would be on like all day and someone was like, Hey, like I would totally pay for the service you're providing. Um, you know, have you ever thought about doing Patreon? I'm like, Oh, I haven't really thought about monetizing, but that's doesn't sound like a bad idea. I'm here doing this anyway. So people would like to support and that kind of grew. So if, you know, everything blew up on TikTok, <clears throat> Instagram started to grow too. I've, you know, put on my own podcast, Mr. Chaz's Leadership Parenting and Teaching Podcast. Um, and I have the Patreon where people are able to get access to kind of those podcast episodes live, but they can ask their own questions, but also um, they get access to like one-on-one -on -one coaching with me so that I can work with people individually. Because that's something that I can't just like, like scale. Like I can't just, you know, I wish I could clone myself and just have like, you know, 20 different like Zoom sessions going on. But um, that's kind of how I got to where I'm at now. I'm at a little over 180,000 on TikTok, a little over, I think, 107,000 on Instagram, over 400 people in my Patreon community. That's um, amazing. And the podcast does decent well. I think what's so cool about what you do too, and I'm a parent of two little ones, is like you give such good tangible examples. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of information out there of like, here are discipline methods. Like here's some positive discipline. Here's some gentle parenting tips. But to like actually see, like you gave this example, right, of a kid coloring on the wall and here's how to respond. And also understanding like the developmental piece and this whole like taking you out of it. Like when you start to understand that kids are not doing things typically to like intentionally upset you. Like it's not personal. And when you start to understand what's happening in their brain, what's happening developmentally, and even like tantrums, like this is like a good indicator of where they're at developmentally. Like when people start to understand that, it just changes the narrative of like how you go into that situation. And I mean, you've helped me in so many ways and I've come from, I had this education, like, and it's still so different seeing it. And like, having somebody show you in a way that's not just reading it in a book. You know what I mean? Super powerful. And for like, I mean, our listeners, Chaz is doing these like big arm movements with his, like, like was taking on the, the qualities of it's like a two or three year old, three year old. Was that two? two? 
two or three, but like, if you were just, I, I guess what I'm saying is to see that is a helpful, like visual, like I learned that way too. So when you did the comparison of like the big strokes and then the tiny little ones that we use for like coloring books, right. Yeah. Where we expect kids to color between the lines and like use this tiny crayon or pencil makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so two things about well, what both of you guys just said. Um, my goal with coming into making the videos was to make enjoyable content that, you know, that, that was enjoyable to consume, but after the one minute of listening or however long it was, 30 seconds, you felt like you've learned a little something, you've grown a little, a little bit, or your perspective is a little bit changed, or maybe even it's even reinforced the perspective you had before, but that it's enjoyable to consume, which is, which is one. Um, the other thing is that when you look at my content, you'll probably start to see that like a lot of what I'm trying to do is I want adults and kind of like the big vision is like, I want the world of adults to be able to truly see children. Um, yeah. So that, you know, and, and to truly see them and so that they feel seen because once they feel seen, they will be able to reach out their hand to us and we'll be able to reach back and we'll be able to guide them. Um, yeah. and help them through the things that they are challenged with. And one of my favorite kind of phrases to like think about is that children aren't, you know, children aren't giving you a hard time, they're having a hard time. And even mm -hmm. when it seems like, you know, they're just trying to like push buttons, it comes from a place of having a hard time with, you know, an expectation, with some kind of unmet need, some kind of, you know, yeah. and it, you can even see children are, tend to be a little bit more transparent about it um, just because like they're just they learning to express themselves and adults may you see this a lot in adults as well though um, although adults may hide it a little bit more you see it a lot like even with the comments that I was talking about um, a lot of times people will leave nasty comments because they have their own insecurities because there's there's something about there's something that they feel bad about. And so as a response yeah. to the bad feeling that they have, they go and lash out and they try to, you know, shame or hurt someone else. You know, the whole phrase of hurt people, hurt people is so true. Um, and this is true for children too. And, and I think children should get more slack because they're still learning to be humans. And especially in those first, eight years, you know, they really, you know, their brains are just being formed and they really need us to learn how to be secure in themselves and to, you know, so, and to, and, and they really need us to not shame and hit them when they make mistakes so that they know that right. it's okay to make mistakes so that we can learn and grow and we can acknowledge our mistakes and we can repair our mistakes and um, we're not perfect as an adult and I'm going to make mistakes too and I'm going to apologize. I'm going to show you how to repair from those mistakes. Um, yeah. That's what children really need, but they also need help understanding their own emotions and when they are feeling those insecurities so that they're they know how to handle it and, and work through that as opposed to displacing their emotion on other people. Um, yeah. 
And as where this fits into parenthood or even really any profession, but the parenthood that a lot of times the displaced emotion comes out and, you know, you take it out on your children and that's how a cycle can continue. You were ashamed and you were ashamed about how, you know, you dress or your character. And that's going to be something that you're going to be maybe more likely to shame your child about when they get older. You're ashamed because you, know, you talk too much or because of your grades and you feel bad about that. And there's still some unresolved feelings you have there. And so when it comes, when you see your child struggling through the same thing, you kind of displace that emotional on them. Now that's how the cycle continues. And it happens in classrooms as well. Teachers, it happens there as well, where displace our emotions and our struggles on children and they really don't deserve it and that's how it continues and continues and continues someone's got to stop the cycle someone's got to be conscious of their own programming and break the cycle decide to do different learn different skills and tools and really immerse yourself in a, a different way of thinking um than the programming that you were raised with. Right. And I think for so many people, right, like they're so, they were raised a certain way. And if you haven't, if it hasn't been brought to your attention of like having that awareness that like, man, hey, maybe that was trauma or maybe that was like not the best way to have been parented in that situation. And then what happens when that gets stored in your body and the core beliefs that it creates, like, and then those cycles just continue. Do you feel like people are pretty receptive to, I don't know, like when you're drawing that attention, like, do they kind of come to their own awareness of like, oh, I'm just repeating this generational cycle of something that I experienced? People are in different places in their journey. Some people yeah. are very much receptive or like, wow, like I never thought of it. I never thought of it that way. You open my eyes. Some people are like, wow, like you said, like everything that I was thinking, I just never had the words for it. Some people are like, I believe this is completely unrealistic. How, you know, this is an unrealistic way of dealing with children or parenting. You know, this is crazy. You know, some people are like, wow, you've changed my relationship with my child. Um, and I feel so much better about how I respond and I parent. Like, People are in different places. And, you know, I think even the person who comments like, this is completely unrealistic and this is crazy talk, like children need to be hit to learn the consequences of their actions. Even people who say that in that moment, like maybe they're saying that because they have, they're having this emotional reaction because maybe they feel guilty because it's something that is the way they were raised. And, you know, they're almost kind of protecting their parents in this way. Of, of saying like, you know, what they did wasn't wrong or it's something that they've done and they want to protect their, their self or their ego as opposed to being open and like, well, is it, you know, should I question this practice? Yeah. You know, not everyone's going to do that. Not everyone's at that place, but maybe it wasn't my video. Maybe the way I communicated was just, was, was the right video for one person, but for another person, it wasn't the right video at the right time. And maybe another mm -hmm. video from someone else will kind of, will we'll move them there to get them, ah, well, maybe I should think about that. Uh, or maybe yeah. something will happen in their life 
that they will will cause them to, huh, maybe I should think. And then they come across a different video, like, hmm, and they receive that differently. So, right. like, different people in different places. Um, I don't fault people for being where they're at. And, and but it feels, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because all of, all of the people who are, like, all the messages I get, like, every day of just, you know, you change the relationship I've had with, you know, my daughter and the way that I, you know, see her or, or my son, like, that yeah. makes it worth it. Powerful. I feel like people, too, like, police pregnant trauma, but even just, like, understanding kids are impacted by it because it's really this this general belief which is true that kids are resilient they are definitely resilient but that they're not impacted by it so what i think i struggle with as a therapist is working with teens and even working with the parents as the, as my client is i really struggle in getting them to understand that the kids yes they're resilient they're doing well like they're functioning sure but the reason, you know, they're struggling with depression or anxiety or whatnot, it has to do with trauma and has to do with what they're witnessing and it has to do with the tension in the home or the conflict between the parents or it's really hard. And I think really it just, it, and I, I think too, I see this, it's a, I mean, a lot of families and a lot of cultures, but a cultural piece for a lot of communities, it's like, we went, we, we had it worse, like this kid's fine. Like, and it's just that kind of just not being sensitive to and I know we're talking about like, I mean, there's no, I'm glad you're putting out this stuff. There's only so much we can do, right? If someone doesn't want to see or hear, <laughs> hear that at that time of their life. But I struggle with that. Like, it's just something that I want to like shake parents sometimes or, um, I don't know. It's really tough. I'll even say like too, after working for, so Chaz, I worked for Child Protective Services for five years prior to what I'm doing. And yeah, it's, it's tough because, and in those situations, you know, you're, I feel like most of the time you're getting to a point where if we're involved, like people are understanding that what's, what's happening isn't working. Um, and it's kind of coming back to that piece, but it is, it's so difficult trying to help somebody like reprogram how they see things, right? Because you do, like, if you think, okay, well, I just need them to do this, my child to do this different, I can make them do it. So if I use this power and control dynamic, it'll make them do it because that's how I was raised and I was made to do it, but they don't see that like, but your behavior now is a clear indicator of this unhealed trauma, this unhealed stuff. And like how, I don't know. I think a lot of people, this is my perception, think of like gentle parenting and positive discipline, all these kinds of like more shifts in ways we're trying to help parents to parent they see it as like fluffy and like they don't understand that like the benefits of how it can actually help with like the connection and the relationship and then ultimately get to this intrinsic motivator to do exactly what you're talking about doing but not on your ter terms of controlling like they're going to do it because it, it's what they want to do it's how they want to do it i don't know if that makes sense but and yeah and if they've never if, i mean if they've never experienced or seen that in real life that it does seem like a fairy yeah. tale like i've never i've never experienced that like i grew up in Galicia. my friends never experienced like that's not something that i ever saw or experienced so yeah and then and two i think you know in your situations that it's it's a little different than me because like you're you know in the situation of cps in the situation of 
you know, you're a therapist and you're working with people in person, you know, I imagine that you are working with people who've decided, who haven't decided necessarily to, that That's something true. is like wrong, that there doesn't. They're seeking you. <laughs> right. Out, because they're, it sounds like even if they're maybe not ready for your concept, they're clearly seeking out content. Like they're like, I've hit a wall, I need something's got to give, right? So I guess there's a, the stage of change is a little different, probably. And, so. Well, and like the outside, and, and it kind of depends, right? Like I think when you talked about viral videos earlier, I think anytime a video goes viral, like you're going to bring out, like it's going to bring out like all types of people from all kinds of walks of life. And, um, you know, where like, even like all my videos where like most videos you'll see like, most people kind of like in the same people who are all already on the journey, already seeking that information, all like wanting to learn and grow and, and you know grow the perspective as you know a parent or a teacher or a caregiver. And so those tend to be most of the people who are kind of comment and interact in your community. But when you post a video that goes viral, that's outside of your community and outside of like the demographic of people who probably normally consume that kind of content and who are find value in it and are looking for it. Um, and so that's when you kind of see the people who are just like, that's crazy. That's a fair. But I imagine that like when for CPS that there are people that you're working with who are just who maybe aren't seeking uh, change within right. themselves and maybe right. people who I don't know if you're, you know, you say you do it with teens. I know a lot of parents go into it like Hey, it's my kid. Fix <laughs> yeah. right. my I can't, you know, and then that's, it's sad because it's discouraging me for actually working with kids. Like I'm shifting, like I'm slowly shifting to, to working with adults only because I, I mostly work with adults, but I work with teens and I'm like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I can't, I don't, I don't think I have the patience. I get super burnt out from it. Like I just, but it is, it's like, it's, they don't address the environment. So it's like, they don't address the dynamics, the relationships. It's more about my kid and the behaviors and you do your job. And then I've had people get pissed at me because I'm not doing my job. It's like, it's, and it's sad because I know that we, we need to be there and be in that field and do it. But I, I'm so, it's That's like, true. I'm just burning out from yeah, it. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. So like, yeah, and I think that's, I, I like, I get that. And, you know, that's why like I, you know, and for what I'm doing, like as a creator, um, I don't, at least my kind of thought process and my kind of like, I guess, strategy, like I don't really spend time trying to convince people who just aren't yeah. there yet. Yeah. In um, so in terms of people, but what I will say about people who are not there yet in their journey, I will say that judging and shaming and attacking them does not help it never makes it that any time that like and this is you know this is i'm talking about like adults but i'm also talking you know children people like anytime someone is in a defensive state like they're not in a state where they're open ready to learn ready to try something new go out of their comfort zone like why would someone go out of their comfort zone if they're already feeling attacked and defensive if i feel attacked and vulnerable i'm not coming out of my comfort zone i'm going to dig my heel deeper into what I'm already into, right. what I'm already doing. So, you know, as tough as it can be, 
Like I really do try to practice. And I think this is a journey that I'm still working through too. Um, and so I think I've grown a lot just from doing the whole social media thing and kind of getting those comments and seeing those comments. But knowing that having, if we really want to actually like break through and change to learn, um, to progress on their journey, to be able to understand their children better and how to guide them and trust them, we need to kind of almost practice what we preach um, and show empathy and, and likely connect with them as a person. Um, yeah, patience, it's gonna take time. We're not gonna be able to, as much as we would love to change everything about their behavior in one day, in one moment, in one week. Um, that's not typically how growth happens. Um, yeah. So if we do actually genuinely want to make a change, let's say it's a, it's a close family member or a close friend, um, especially, then it takes that time, connection, empathy, modeling, and showing them so they see something different um, yeah. for the long-term actual growth and change to happen. And sometimes it's like a trickle-down effect. So if they see it with someone that they respect, like another parent or another adult, like a figure, right? Like I think it also, so I think like your general messaging to people, I believe that trickle-down, like there will be the domino effect of other people following suit if we have these adults that are doing these things consistently. Well, and I love that whole idea. And I work with teens primarily, and I, I mean, I do work with their parents, and I think a lot of actually the time is, is more so trying to help the teen, like, understand we can't control, like, our parents, and so, like, how can we kind of navigate this when we can't make your parent change, but we can help you cope with that and get through that, especially if it's falling in a line where it's not abuse, it's just, you know, not the best parenting, and it's not helpful, and in child welfare or CPS, I think what was really helpful was that piece of empathy where you do have people looking in on a situation like, how could they do that? And when you really sit down with someone and understand like, and I'm not just, I think this is across the board, whether you're talking about severe abuse or just poor parenting or something where people are challenged across the spectrum, you can tend to, when you sit down with somebody and you hear them, you really can understand like where that comes from and you can empathize with even again, not agreeing with it, not um, excusing it, but understand like that makes sense, you know? And I don't know. I think that there is power in that. And it's really seeing like the human behind the behavior always. And just like we don't, we can't shame kids into changing. Like we also cannot shame, shame people into making those changes. Like they have to have some desire in their own. And sometimes like what I hear you saying, Chaz too, it's like just planting that seed and maybe it sits in there somewhere and maybe like six months from now or a year from now, there's something else that comes up and they're like, okay, that resonates with that. And that's interesting. Maybe I'll look more into this, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. Do you want to share some of your go-to, go-to things or things that really, yes. click, really click for parents or adults? Yeah. I mentioned one um, earlier, you know, your child's not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. One, uh, that I created is don't be an don't be a perfectionist, be an improvenist. The goal isn't to be perfect every day. The goal is to improve a little every day. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is children do you know the best when they can. They do their best when they can, um, yeah. and really, you know, 
really have compassion for yourself as well. Like there is no perfect parent. Like it doesn't exist and trying to be this fantasy imaginary parent that doesn't exist that you think exists on social media um, isn't going to be helpful or healthy for you or your child. Um, It's okay to want to do better and to feel a little, you know, feel a little guilty about things that you've done in the past. Like there's some level of that, that can be healthy. That can be, that's okay, but don't, you know, it's okay to be guilty about some actions, but don't shame yourself and say like, I'm a bad you know, person. Like I can't do this. Like there are things that we can always improve. Um, and it helps us improve when we're able to be compassionate to ourselves. Um, and then, you know, move on and work on doing better next time. I'm glad you said that because especially during this, well, I think with social media in general, I see a lot of parents comparing themselves. Like, I didn't do these activities for my kids during the pandemic. You know, most of it, a lot of parents have to work. They're working and they're like having to work and teach and um, maintain a household and like take on different hats or take on different roles and wear different hats. And, but before all this too, I had a lot of parents that were talking, you know, as clients, like just comparing themselves to other parents on social media. Like, I see this mom over here, like baking and doing all this shit. And like, and I'm over here, like, I don't have time to bake. And it's like those things, it's, it, those things are really just like, you know, everyone just humans. So we just internalize and compare and it's really difficult. So I love that you said that because I think there's always that like measuring up to other people. And that difference in guilt and shame, right? Like that idea of yeah. it's okay to like reflect on something and be like, mm, I did not handle that the best. I did something wrong to like, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad parent for what I did. And just finding that those shifts. And I, I, I hear what you're saying again, especially just as a parent, it resonates deep with like, there's a healthy level of going like, okay, that's an interesting way of handling that. I like that. I'm going to try that because whatever I'm have been doing, that wasn't working for me. So maybe this can try. And every kid is different and every parent is different and just, you know, trial and error, figuring out and having the different toolbox options. And I feel like that's what you provide. Like you provide so many different, like, again, these like tangible skills that people can go to, to be like, these are so specific. This is such a great way of trying it. And I can understand why. And you really do do such a good job of um, presenting information in a non-judgmental way. So like, even when you do discuss parenting or not parenting, um, spanking, and you've made some of those videos, like I know some people are not ready to hear it, mm-hmm. may never be ready to hear it, but you do it in a way that I do feel like is very gentle to people that maybe have been or like are in a place where that's the choice that they're making. And if anything, it may give them that, you know, okay, this is somebody that's really approaching this from a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm an awful person for doing this. And maybe I'm open to listening to what they have to say. Yeah. Um, I, and I try to, and it doesn't always you know, not everyone always receives it the same way. I'm always learning and growing as well, too, as a creator, as an educational specialist, as a parent coach, as a person. And, you know, I don't think that there is necessarily the perfect video that I could create that could change the world, the one video that everyone agrees with. But I do think that. I can, there's always an opportunity for me to get better and better at communicating my message and reaching those people who are 
maybe on the fence or on the, on the other side of the fence or maybe even farther on the other side of the fence and yeah. and, and and maybe getting people to even look that way or open you know even if it's even if the video causes someone to just go hmm like that's great you don't have to comment you don't have to like and i may never the wheels are turning yeah i may never see or know that and that's fine but i i do know that there are some people it's reaching and they're like hmm but also i know there are some people that it's reaching and they're like this really like offend, offends me and I'm gonna like tell you how I feel, type, 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 type. And I read those comments too. And I typically, I really try to approach those with curiosity. Okay, so what about this video did you feel was unrealistic? You know, and sometimes people comment and it would like reply back and say, well, you know, this, 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 this. And then people, yeah. it's, it's funny too, when you like approach non-judgmentally and, and more curiously, mm-hmm. people's defenses tend yeah. to lower. Um, and- Cause they're probably ready to be like, challenge everything you're, you're saying. And then you're like, well, let's talk about yeah. it. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay. You actually want to, hear me out and like and I listen and sometimes like okay even if I don't agree with the overall thing that mm-hmm. even if I don't agree with what they're saying it's still something that I take into account and I listen to and I think about like hmm maybe there was a better way for me to have communicated that you know maybe seeing how this is how this person felt like how this hit this particular person, I'm sure this isn't the only person who felt this way. Huh, maybe there is a way that I can still craft the message in a way that also reaches that person too. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but it's something that I take in it and I learn from and I grow from. So I would say if you don't write them off, they're likely to continue to follow and like be open to it, right? Like if you, I think it just, it just keeps that door open. And you're modeling what you preach. Like you're talking about all these things and here you are modeling exactly what that can look like. When your child's disagreeing with you, it's not necessarily personal. Let me show you like another way of approaching it, you know, without it being blatant like that. Like that's the message. I feel like when I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, they're doing such a good job of like, you know, they're not responding in a way that you thought that they were going to. So we have our last question that we didn't include, but um, really, who are you outside of Mr. Chat? Is that the persona, that that personality that everyone sees on TikTok and Instagram? <laughs> the parent coach. Hmm. You know, that's an interesting question because I intentionally like the reason why because originally my name was you know a little bit of a story here originally my name on on tiktok was tick teach talk and i did that really just it was tick teach talk that was originally my name right and i did that so that like i know i felt like people would like be more likely to follow me and like it would just i would grow a lot quicker and i started to grow but i made the very conscious decision that I wanted like my brand and me and stuff I put out to be 
me and like part of like I want Mr. Chaz to be Mr. Chaz authentically who I am. Um, and so like maybe if I were to put it into words, I mean, words that really connect with me, uh, like improvingist is, is probably a big one for me. Improvingist, growth, generational cycle breaking, defiant, determined, loving, caring, creative, and wanting to make a positive impact in the world and to help grow the world for generations and generations to come. And I think that's kind of like expression. I'm just throwing out like the words. I'm just right now, I'm like digging deep into like, huh. (laughs) <laughs> what words really connect with me in terms of like how I think about myself and what I strive to do and who I am. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, you were all those things. It's very clear that you are like super authentic. Like I love when we do these like guest interviews, like seeing is like this person that they've created right on social media. Like, is it aligned with how they really seem? Um, and it's so you like, especially when you started doing the drawing on the wall, I'm like, there he is. Like, <laughs> you know, like he's here. That was my favorite. <laughs> it was, But I love it. And you can see the passion and the drive and like the humility and what you do and that it, it's coming from such a good place. So thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing all of your, your truth with us. Yes. Uh, thanks for having me on. This was a fun conversation. I always love the conversations that go a little differently than the conversations I usually have. So thanks for being here and asking me questions and allowing me to share it for the past hour. Thank you so much for joining us today. For more information about our guests, resources, and topics discussed, check out our show notes. Support this podcast by subscribing and following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you like this episode, please rate and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at NotYourBasicInfluencers and also call in and leave us a voicemail with any afterthoughts, questions, or suggestions for future topics at 323-553-2093. We would love to hear from you. And as always, we appreciate you.